0: Hello, you're listening to the Spiritguys.co.uk Network Radio. I'm Ian Jones and welcome to our first edition of the Hypnotic Prophet radio show with psychic channeler Kerin Webb. Kerin works as a hypnotherapist and trainer for EOS Seminars Limited. He's the author of two books and a range of hypnosis CDs and MP3 downloads. Kerin's psychic awareness goes back to his childhood and over the years he has received many outstandingly accurate messages from Spirit and even been saved from some life threatening accidents which includes the now infamous 1987 October hurricane in the UK. Kerin is currently broadcasting his Hypnotic Profit video series to share examples of his amazing encounters with Spirit and the important message that Spirit is sending out to the world at this time. Kerin's videos are available on Myspace, YouTube, thespiritguys.co.uk and hypnoticprofit.com. Right, okay Kerin Webb, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Ian. It's a great uh, honour and a privilege to be here, so I'm really grateful for you inviting me on the show today. Um, If I may, just before we start, um, I'd like to read a little, um, uh, I guess, a kind of a legal disclaimer, really, just before the programme starts. Is that okay?
0: That's absolutely fine.
1: Okay. Um, Well, basically, uh, due to recent changes in English law, I need to state that what I say should be considered to be for entertainment purposes only, um, that any psychic work attempted by me should be considered to be an experiment, and that no guarantee is offered or implied. Um, Obviously, nothing that I say or do should be taken to mean that I'm advising anyone to either act or not act in any specific way. And finally, that my belief in the possibility of spirit communication and the survival of the soul is an integral part of my religion. Okay, so that's that bit done. So let's get started.
0: Okay, thank you, Karen. Right, first of all, um, you produce a video series called The Hypnotic Prophets, which just got into briefly in the intro. Um, Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that, please?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, my psychic experiences basically stretch, you know, way back to uh, since I was a child. And uh, over the years, they've become more and more pronounced and that spirit will, you know, I can be out walking. As one of the um, examples that um, I talked about in one of the hypnotic prophet programs, um, I was walking through Shaftesbury a few years ago and spirit just communicated with me out the blue. They said, we're about to give you a book with your name on it. And for, for you and those others pa- that perhaps have seen the program, you'll know that within about 45 minutes, they um, guided to me to the second-hand bookshop, and lo and behold, there in the pile of boxes outside the front of the shop was a book called Dorothy Kerrin, and the lady's surname uh, Kerrin, spelled K-E-R-I-N, is exactly the same as my first name, K-E-R-I-N. It's called Dorothy Kerrin, Called by Christ to Heal. Um, in other instances, over the years, I've uh, developed if you like, a a shamanic technique whereby I go into trance and I will speak to my guides um, and they'll tell me things about my own life. And um, as a result of this and uh, the, if you like, the high level of information that they give to me and inspired by some other people I know locally that are very accurate psychics that have kind of, um, I guess, when, when I was a bit too shy to actually kind of come out and start doing this in public, um, they were very, very helpful in the background to both affirm that I, was, I had the ability and that Spirit was um, encouraging me to do this. So I guess kind of hand in hand with my own experiences and then um, with the support of some other people in the background that have uh, kind of said, yes, I'm on the right track and you know, I'm getting it right as well, I've, I decided to kind of st- take that step forward and produce a video show, which really focuses on, if you like, the crux of the message that I get from spirit. And um, it's, it's a combination of a warning message and a message of great optimism. And uh, kind of the warning message is one that I think we're all aware of these days. Anybody that you know watches a television, reads a paper or, or thinks about the world is aware that there are a number of th- serious things, if you like, that are kind of wrong with the world at the moment. And that we as a society need to get together to kind of sort this out. Um, and I'll touch on maybe a few very briefly now. We've got things like global warming, which is in the news. Uh, pollution is a big issue. Um, my wife's reading a book at the moment that's produced by the lady that formed PETA, which is People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And I believe um, she's, she's edited a book And I believe the title is called One Can Make a Difference. And I think the structure of the book, I haven't read it myself, Jill kind of tells me a little bit about it here and there as she's going through the day. Um, And the structure of the book is that um, each chapter is focused on a person who has started kind of from nothing, if you like, and they've made a difference. And one of the things she was telling me the other day, um, and this was in the news, I think, just in the last few months, is a lady in the UK who was, um, the story goes, I believe she was in Hawaii. And... Uh, A lot of the beaches in Hawaii are beautiful, they're pristine, and you can can go swimming and sunbathe and things like that. But she said that she noticed some of the beaches that were not popular with the tourists and therefore didn't receive the same kind of, um, uh, you know, support from, I guess, the local government to keep them clean, were like three and four feet deep in rubbish, a large amount of which was plastic bags. Um, And she did some scuba diving and she found at the bottom of the sea nearby there were just layers of plastic bags and, um, of course, this is reflected around the world here in Bournemouth, which is where I live, Bournemouth and Poole. Um, I see the same uh, on the beaches nearby. So this is another thing that um, you know, my attention is drawn to. There's, there's the, um, the global warming, there's pollution, there's the cycle of violence that we see in the news, both wars and terrorism and at a day-to-day level and things of this nature. And really, I, I get the sense that spirit is inspiring me and others, of course, To kind of take a message out there and say hey enough is enough we we really need to kind of get our act together and change things and then the other part of the message i believe that i'm getting is that this change is going to happen and maybe we can talk more about that as the program progresses but i get a sense that this change is going to happen and that once we once society as a whole kind of responds to the wake-up call what we move into the other side of um, this kind of challenging time that we're going through now is a, is a wonderful, um, very different kind of society, which is, which is, I believe, to be a society that's more in tune with spirit and as a whole is more respectful of the environment. So I, that, that's the crux of the message. And the way in which I present it, if you like, is um, I kind of interweave within the program examples of my own experiences of spirit communicating with me um so that you know people that are interested in in this kind of thing can kind of li- listen to the examples I give and think you know maybe hey if if what he's saying about the psychic experiences he've ha- he's had are as accurate as they are then maybe what spirit is telling him about the the challenging times that we're in and what we need to do are pretty accurate too so i guess that's kind of the the focus of the program
0: yeah Thank you very much. I mean, just a small point on what you said there about what we can do to um, make a difference. Um, sometimes we, we can feel overwhelmed that perhaps one person can't really make a change and that we have to be someone in power or someone in a very powerful position to make a difference. Um, each individual person really can do something quite small, you know, whether it's um, in local community, like you say about people leaving rubbish on the beaches, or, you know, people just not really taking care of their local environment around them. They can start really, really small. And if enough people do that, um, as Karen has kind of pointed out, then it can really make a big difference.
1: You know, Ian, I agree with you 100%. And I tell you, one of the, the people in recent history that I find really inspiring is Gandhi. Um, I've read a little bit about Gandhi's life, and one of the things that stands out to me about Gandhi was he was somebody that was terrified of public speaking, and he was kind of a diminutive figure, he wasn't somebody that was really connected with those that were in power, yet he, through the process of non-violent opposition, if you like, marshaled the continent of India, and through that process, India you know, gained its freedom from what was then the British Empire, and embarked upon its its own course in history. Had that, that, you know, quite small man who was unconnected, yet who believed in the power of one person uniting with others to make a difference, not believed that, then of course India wouldn't be the nation it is, but of course he did, and I think he stands as a testimony for all time about the power that one person can have when they, you know, they kind of stand up for what's right.
0: Exactly, and that's also a very wonderful example of how you can kind of fight a cause without using fire to fight fire. You know, You know, rather than using negative, you can actually... I think he used... Um, was it Peaceful No cooperation. is it? Peaceful, That's no, right. Exactly, yeah. 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 So, again, it's like um, a lot of people when they see... Recently, we had the G20 um, protests in London, and I think a lot of people there really wanted that to become inflamed and cause a lot of problems there. And um, even though, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of being reported now in the press that the police took um, quite underhand tactics. But, you know, all in all, it's actually quite a peaceful protest. And I think for the UK, I think it's um, people got their message across. There wasn't a lot of people there causing problems. And, um, and in the end, a lot of the problems are coming out to be clo- caused by the police. Unfortunately, there is good police. And obviously, there's at the end of the day, people are people. And I believe that you will get good people and bad people in, um, you know, in, in any walk of life, really. But I think it goes to show that we can still be peaceful and, and try and push what we want. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. I was, I was. have kindly given um, some tickets to go and see Michael Portillo um, about three or four weeks ago, and he um, he suggested that actually, as a, as a nation, we we don't protest enough, it, it, obviously in a non-violent way, in the way that you're describing. Um, and I think if more of us did, um, m- more action would be taken more quickly. I know an analogy. My dad. By trade, as an Aero engine fitter, he was in the RAF for twelve years. So he often uses analogies to do with engines and things like that. And an analogy he's often shared with me in life is that you know the the cog that's not oiled, the one that squeaks the most, is the one that gets the most attention soonest. Um, And then you know because it makes a lot of noise, people say, oh, you know, I can't stand that noise. I'm going to have to do something about it. So people will respond to it. And I think that's the same with nonviolent opposition. That if people get together and unite for a cause, for you know, like peace, to stand to stand up against whether it's terrorism or war or, or pollution, if people unite like this and say, look, in a peaceful way, we believe that you know, together we can work together for peace, and, you know, loving harmony, and make the world a better place, a better place, then marvelous changes can occur.
0: Exactly. Okay. Thank you, Kerry, for that. Um, just moving on, I've got a few more questions I'd like to ask you. Okay. Um Regards. I mean. With your, um, when you tune into spirit, you said that you uh, tune in using a shamanic uh, technique. I'm quite interested to hear about that, or you know, how you actually receive your messages.
1: Okay. Well, there are a number of ways that I use. The, the one that I've been using the longest is kind of a shamanic principle. Um, and you kindly mentioned when you started the program that I work as a hypnotherapist. So um, I've spent many years, if you like, exploring the realm of trance. And one of the techniques i I utilize now is is that I basically i put myself into kind of a light trance, and with my eyes closed you know I might lie down on the bed or on a couch or sit down in a, a comfortable chair and I let myself go into a light trance and then in my mind's eye, I imagine myself floating oh, i'll give you the actual the process I imagine myself floating over a rainbow i, I grow beautiful wings out my back, kind of angelic wings, and I find myself kind of flying or floating over this rainbow, and over the other side of the rainbow, I mean, I kind of hearing uh, Dorothy from the Wizard of <laughs> Oz come find her. but kind of over the other side of the rainbow, um, I, I arrive in an archetypal shamanic realm, and it's a a realm that people that have researched shamanism will understand in the center of which there's something called the world tree. And it's a tree that, you know, is, it, ex, it exists at many levels. And in this realm, I'll, I'll meet guides and angels and mythic beings. Um, and I basically enter into communication uh, with them very much like we're talking now. So in my mind's, eye, I'll see, for instance, um, uh, maybe my main guide, my main guide is called Aurora, a U R O R A. And, uh, I'll meet with Aurora and, uh, I'll talk to her, perhaps about my own life, maybe about um, you know different things that I'm involved in and in helping to promote the message, and um, um, and in that context, uh, you know, receive information from them and guidance. So that's kind of one of the main ways I do it. Um, another way is kind of a bit more reminiscent of what you might see somebody like John Edward or Tony Stockwell or um, James Van Praag, Colin Fry. Um, Derek Akora, which is kind of more how um, a medium would commonly be understand to work when they do what they call mental mediumship, and that's where, if you like, I open my mind, and kind of in my head, they'll present images, and I'll hear, if you like, maybe parts of sentences or a sentence or words to do with what they're telling me. So I get kind of snippets of information to varying degrees of. You know, whether it's a, a complete sentence or maybe they'll just shout a name to me or something like that. So that's kind of another way. Um, uh, another way I do it sometimes is based on a method I did a course many years ago called the Silver Method. Um, and if anybody wants to read a good book, it's, it's not too thick, so you can read it in a few days. Um, it's literally called the Silver Method, S-I-L-V-A. And I first read their book. Um, and it's, it was based on the work of a man called Jose Silva, wh- who was really ahead of his time. Back in the 1940s, he developed, um, I believe it was the 1940s, about then he developed a number of techniques where you go into what we would now call hypnosis um, to help a person overcome personal problems or or develop um, person, you know, like their confidence and things like that. Um, and in the process of working at this level, he also developed some techniques where people are able to receive information psychically. And uh, I attended one of their courses once. And learned a particular principle, which in essence is, again, going into a light trance with my eyes closed and imagine something like a movie screen. And on that movie screen, um, I can see sometimes images and receive sounds and information related to information um, that I'm receiving psychically. And then most recently, and this is something I've been practicing over the last few months, I put myself into a light trance, and I kind of almost like merge, if you like, with my guides. And whilst I'm still conscious, they'll talk through me. So it will be my voice, and I'm fully aware of what's going on, but they'll actually talk through me. And I've been um, recording them on a handheld recorder and practicing with my wife, who's very open to this as well. So there are four kind of ways. Um, They all involve trance to to lesser or greater degrees, Um, but there are nuances, if you like, of how that trance is used.
0: Okay, so your wife asks you the questions, and then you are kind of channeling it, right? that's Actually, it verbal, yeah. verbal channeling. So, yeah. how do you know, you know the messages that you're getting, and how do you know they're not part of your imagination? Do you get anything that kind of gives you, uh, allows you to know for sure um, they're they're real?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Ian, and it's one I've asked myself a lot. Um, by nature, I'm very analytical, and uh, I I like evidence. Um, you know, when I've when I've gone to see psychics, my, when I first met my wife, she, she was very, very kind. Our first date was to Christchurch Spiritualist Church of all places. <laughs> um, and then very soon into our relationship, dating and then soon after we were married, she, she bought me some uh, readings with some local psychics, many of, oh, I say many, um, one, two, three, um, two of which I've got to know quite well. Um, and I kind of, I, I was analytical with them. I wanted kind of evidence. And as as I've, immersed myself more in exploring my own ability. When I um, now go, whether I go into trance and I go to the shamanic realm or whether I I kind of talk to my guides in a more mediumistic way, um, at the end of our conversation I will very often, not always, but very often I'll say, okay, um, you know I need evidence, please will you give me some evidence of something that's going to happen in the world news in the near future. And very, very often they'll give me um, either in detail, or sometimes it comes across as a bit bit vague. Um, so sometimes they might give me, you know, they might give me words and images and it'll be very, very specific. Like, for instance, I um, covered in a recent hypnotic prophet video program, a situation where I asked my guides for um, some information of something that was going to happen in the world news. And they gave me, I'm pretty clear, a member of the British Royal family was going to be involved in some kind of an air scare or an air accident. And, about, and I told my wife about this in advance. And about four days later, uh, Prince William was on a, uh, a royal tour of New Zealand and uh, the plane that he was in was coming into land and I believe the pilot took several attempts to come into land but the the weather conditions were so atrocious there that he basically had to divert to another airport and the message that he gave to William and, and if there were others on board, the others too, was the reason I had to change was if I, if I tried again, the next time we would see the runway would be if we hit it. Now thank God, obviously, that William and everybody else was safe um, yet at the, at the same time, the message was was very accurate. It came true within about four days, and that's often what they'll do. They'll they'll give me um, an example of a news story, or um, um, most often it's news stories. You know, things that are to do with the world news. And I think, and I, I've mentioned this um, in, in other in other instances, that I think the reason they give me, um, most often things to do with the upcoming world news, is because if you like the the focus of the the message, if you like, they're giving me and others to, to present in this context is to do with um, what's up ahead for the world and what we need to do to change things. So it's kind of, it parallels, if you like, what the core messages they're giving me. So I think that's why they kind of focus on world news mostly.
0: So they're, kind of, they're trying to give you, um, help build your trust, really, in the messages that you receive yeah. in order for you to carry a more important message um, that humanity probably needs to be aware of. Um, are you 100% accurate in every message you get? Is there some that are more accurate than others? Or you know, maybe you were accurate that, or you know, was able to somehow change the, the timeline or move on to something more more harmonious?
1: Right. Well, most often I find, and I, I, I've asked my guides this, you know, am I always 100% accurate? And kind of the message I got is it's, it's, it can be, it's to do with perception and an analogy Um, that came to mind yesterday, obviously in anticipation that we were going to talk today, that I thought might be useful to share with people, is that um, in some instances you could liken my guides, if you like, to a colour television transmitter. And in some instances my ability to pick the picture up could be likened to a black and white television. So whilst the message comes through in full... At certain times, perhaps, maybe my ability, for whatever reason, is not always spot on. I might, some of my own interpretation might, if you like, I'm going to mix my metaphors here, my own interpretation might colour the picture, if you know what It might um, It might overlay it. Um, um, whereas other times, it's, it's very clear. Um, let me uh, think of an example of, here you go, here's one that um, happened towards the end of last year, where I was kind of both wrong and right at the same time. Um, I got a message that somebody that I've met on a couple of occasions who would be known as a celebrity, if you like, Um, once I met about five years ago and once um, about six months ago. Um, Towards the end of last year, my guides came through and I got the sense that this person would be in contact with me and I got the sense that it was going to be before last year was out. So around about November, December, I got this message and I really felt it was imminent. And I really, you know, if you'd have asked me to bet on this I would have said it was before the year was out and it didn't didn't happen before the year was out so I, I kind of figured I was wrong but in February of this year I did get a contact from this person so I was out by I don't know what five or six weeks so in essence on one level I was wrong because in my mind's eye I really thought it was going to be by the end of last year but on another level I was right the person who had no reason to contact me actually did contact me within what about five weeks of when I thought it was now, there are three, if you like, prophecies that have been given to me, one of which was about a year in – I remember telling my parents about it, not last December, but December before, and my wife a little bit before that. So we're looking probably about 15, 16 months ago, um, another one that came to me several months ago, and another one a few weeks ago, which are all concerned with public figures which haven't yet come true and for obvious reasons it's to do with other people it would be inappropriate me perhaps to mention who they are Um, In these instances they haven't come true Um, and it could be that either the the messages are um i I was given the messages with a longer prophetic insight so they are still to come true and they just haven't happened yet or i'm completely off the bat in those examples and i'm open to that possibility too Yeah. Um, I've written a manuscript of a book. I'm probably going to do a little bit more work on it, um, in which I've included over a hundred examples of um, prophetic information that's come through, that's been either, you know, pretty much 100% accurate or very close, um, and a few other amazing spiritual things. So on the whole, generally it tends to be either exactly right or pretty close. But I'm open to the, you know, the potential that sometimes I, I either perceive it slightly inaccurately. And then when the event happens, I can see how I've gone wrong. And um, in other situations, it could be that sometimes, uh, you know, I get it wrong. I'm open to that possibility.
0: Indeed, indeed. I mean, I, I feel personally that, you know, time isn't uh, completely fixed or there's lots of different potential futures that are kind of there and set. But, you know, we can change our future on, you know, by being, uh, changing our focus. But I guess if there are big things that are down the line, they probably have more momentum and so therefore they could happen. Um, but it's, it's a, certainly an interesting subject, and I'm, I'm sure there's many, many variables that can really sway what happens. So, I mean, anybody doing this work extremely brave. <laughs> it can very, very difficult to, to put your neck out there, really, and um, bring information through. So I respect you for doing that. Um, Thanks, Ian. One of the questions I'd like to ask, um, yeah. there's something you talk about in, in some of your videos called the big shock. Um, can you talk more about that?
1: Sure that's um, if you like the essence of um, going back to the essence of the messages um, that i I get, and the big shock is basically to do with the if you like the culmination of the troubling time um, that's happening in world history at the moment um, and I senses my senses that the culmination of global warming uh, terrorism you know skullduggery, and business practices um, it, it, is causing, if you like, society as a whole. Now, I'm going to guess a lot of people that are tuned into this program are probably already several steps ahead of the game already there. They're kind of open to, to things like this. They, they probably have taken a step back from what we call consensus reality, which is, if you like, what has, has, has ruled the model of people's perceptions of what the world is about until quite recently. Um, but for, for people that, if you like, haven't made that, that leap yet, I think what's beginning to happen is that people are starting to look at the way the world is structured and starting to think, hang on, you know, that there must be a better way than this. Um, and that's happening around the world. Perhaps it's why, you know, we're seeing people involved in peaceful demonstration and things like that. And I think what's going to happen is that, um, if you like, all these troubling events are kind of reach, are going to reach a climax where the majority of the people in the world are going to kind of step back and think, hey, you know, this is crazy stuff. We really need to do something about this, um, and I think what 's going to cause the majority of people to do this is, is that things are going to get so scary, you know, probably with global warming, maybe with terrorism. Who knows what? I, I sense international tensions between the great powers as as you know maybe pro- probably Russia and China and America and maybe the eu and other other countries jockey for position and things like that, and I think it, it might it's probably going to get a little bit bumpy, and that 's going to cause people to stop. And say, "Hang on a minute, no." And that's when I think, you know, kind of, we talked about Gandhi, and you drew on those wonderful examples of the nonviolent protests that were happening, or if you like, um, nonviolent rallies that were happening in London around the G20, most of which were, you know, were peaceful. Um, is that people are going to marshal and say, "Hang on a minute." Um, for too often, if you like, people of the world have have bought into the fallacy that we are disunited nations and that we should kind of think in very nationalistic ways, and it's kind of a them-and-us thing, and they're going to think, hang on a minute, you know, it doesn't matter whether somebody is a spiritualist, a Jew, a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, whether they're black, white, brown, young or old, male or female, we're basically all human beings. We're souls living in bodies, and we're here for a reason. Let's stop thinking in a them-and-us way, and let's as a people unite. And I think what's going to happen is the... The power of people power is actually going to shift the direction of governments around the world. I don't think the change is going to happen at a governmental level. It's not to say that, you know, um, there aren't going to be some very decent politicians and I believe that there are, you know, a lot of those out there um, that will be responding doing the best they can. But I think the real momentum is going to come from the people and I think it's going to be, if you like, the shock that's going to trigger that, that people are going to say, "Uh uh-uh, enough is enough. Let's unite for peace for, you know, for love for want of a better expression and we're going to unite using modern technology across the internet with modern communication across the boundaries and I think that's going to shape the, the, you know, the direction that governments take. So that's the big shock. I think people are kind of going to get stopped in their tracks and that's going to act as a catalyst for people to to um, unite across the boundaries.
0: Indeed, indeed. I mean, just to expand on that, the way I feel about this is that, um, you know, uh, qu- for quite a long time, people have been sort of happy, if you like, in the illusion that um, they don't, they're not really willing to change because they're, they're con- like a consumer. They're happy to buy things. They're kind of happy with their lot, if you like. And it's almost like um, the big shock is almost like humbling people again to make them sort of think about what's really important. And yeah. it's not necessarily about lots of gadgets and um, just thinking of oneself, but really sort of uniting with other people, talking to your next-door neighbours again, um, sort of breaking down the illusion of separation that will really sort of work as unity. Um, And I think that's going to really help people, I think, sort of build a brighter future. But unfortunately, I think we have to be humbled in a way to sort of make us realise that we're more than who we think we are. Um, And obviously there's a small grass um, roots movement building up on the internet with spiritual people that realise that we are uh, one really, we are sort of a a unified um, spiritual being, I don't know if I want a better word really. And, um, And obviously more and more people as they become humbled, I think they start searching, they start sort of going to spiritual websites or they might go to a spiritualist church, find out more information and then gradually sort of step on their own spiritual pathway. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, all power to you Ian, and those those that are working with you on this websites like the spiritguides.co.uk and the, the social network that you have that's related to that that provide a platform and a medium for um, through which people can get together and they can, you know, share ideas and, you know, share all different spiritual insights because you rightly say there are there are so many different um if you like facets of this that um the more we can get together and and share the information, then I think the, the 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 more powerful in a in a positive way we, we all become.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, is there anything that you sense that might happen? I mean, uh, um, that that could prepare people, or do you kind of just feel like you've covered that already?
1: Well, I, I'll I'll I'm just kind of revert back to what we're talking about. Yeah. I do think that the the other side of the big shock, the catalyst, leads to a, a you know a really wonderful, um, you know, you hear. I read something. I mean, this is kind of a synchronicity. I downloaded not so long ago that lovely song from the musical Hair, ah, The Dawning yes. of the Age of Aquarius, and <laughs> I was on your, you know, your website reading your blog, and you actually yeah. refer to that. And uh, you know, I, I think that if you like that song, does encapsulate. It really is um a wonderful example of what I I sense the world that we're, if you like, on the threshold of stepping into. That's been, you know, you know, obviously, loads of people have said this, and my understanding of all the major traditions in one way or another have a sense of, you know, a better tomorrow coming after the, you know, after a period of, you know, some difficulty. And I think that this better tomorrow is, um, is going to be a world where we are inclusive, um, where, where people are, you know, where we're open to spirit. You know, I I know how difficult it is and you, you kind of, kind of, uh, kindly alluded to that a little while ago, that um, so I've received these these messages and had incredible spiritual experiences over my life but is and I've been, I've been quite shy, if you like, about coming out because I know that whilst there are people that are very positive about this and I know that there's scientific research out there, I know I touched on briefly Princeton University have done some stuff around remote viewing. I believe the University of Arizona have done some stuff around mediumship. So I know this you know, that there's science out there, but there's still people that, you know, for for whatever reason, can be very closed and in fact quite hostile to it. And that kind of um, was one of the reasons I was kind of, if you like, a little bit shy about stepping forward. And the other reason uh, to a degree is, is um, the fact that I work in, uh, in hypnotherapy and I actually felt that, you know, it's possible that this could damage my career in that direction. So it's, it's been kind of a bit of a, a gamble, if you like, to step forward. But I sense that on the other side of um, – as we step into the new tomorrow – I think with the the research that's being done by some wonderful level headed scientists that are at the top of their game that are you know proving this stuff exists and you know you can measure it scientifically and things like that and as a result of people uniting and and becoming more open to to the possibility that um, god's spirit guides you know whatever description a person wishes to use can communicate with them, um, the very fact that people are open to that is wonderful. First, it's often used. What is it? Knock on the door; shall be open. Seek and you will find. And I think that that, if you like, is um, a wonderful maxim. That as people, you know, say, "Okay, Spirit, I'm um, I'm here. Please talk to me. Please, guide, you know, please interact with me." Spirit will do that. And as we move into that that you know, um, new tomorrow, things like channeling, prophecy, um, and and things of this nature is, are going to be commonplace. I think it's a really wonderful you know, to use a a well-worn phrase, a wonderful new age that we're on the verge of stepping into.
0: Yes, yes. But I mean, just to add to that as well, I think prophecy is a tool um, that allows you to, to change your future, to, to you know, allow you to choose a potential future which is more harmonious. Yeah. And so to to get prophecy and not act on it is quite foolhardy, really. And I think that's where a lot of people fall over with prophecy. They expect that if they get a pro- uh, prophetic message, then therefore that is the truth. If it doesn't come true, then the prophecy is false. When in fact, that what may have happened there is that by knowing about what the future could bring, people have actually set out to change it and bring in something much more positive. I mean, there is some wonderful um, uh, sort of science going on with um, prophecy. There's, um, I think, believe before 9 11, there was, is it, it Princeton University? There was a university running some kind of ra- a random number generator or tapping into uh, something to do the ionosphere or something like that where a few days before 9-11 they picked up a huge change and obviously they didn't know what that was until 9-11 occurred and then a few days afterwards obviously um, the effects were still quite apparent and I think it was um, to do with the the ionosphere I believe that the um, it resonates with uh, a similar resonance to the human brain if I'm right. correct. And they picked up, literally this thing just went off the scale a few days before 9-11. So it kind of, it's almost like if you've got, if time's a river and, um, you know, in the future, something big happens. So something big could be like dropping a huge boulder in the water of course then you're going to get ripples going out from that and obviously what happened was it's almost like the ripples in the future are kind of coming out into the current timeline and yeah. it's picking up because we're, we're all psychic to some degree yeah. um, a, a consciousness level and so we're all psychically picking this up and broadcasting it out to the, the ionosphere cause it seems that we're resonating with that as well and there's another w- um, website called Half Past Human as well and they do um, quite a, a very clever um, experiment where they actually troll through the internet um, very similar to a web bot where they, they take all the uh, text and uh, comments off different blog sites, uh, forums that kind of stuff and they very cleverly pick up different nuances in the language that people use and from that they're able to build some very clever node like, oh, You know, it's a very mind-blowing concept right. but they, they, they're able to pick up through different nuances in words um, potentials that could happen in the future um, and it's probably worth checking it out if you're into that kind of thing but apparently been quite accurate on some of the things that have, um, have happened so there is so, some there is kind of science going on that kind of um, helps you know sort of read prophecy
1: absolutely and uh, you know what you're saying is amazing stuff I, there's a point that you said there i'd like to pick up on um, where you said that it, 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 the, the gist of what you said was that things are, are not written stone that sometimes some of the you know some of the prophetic information that comes through it, if you like is is um, kind of a warning of what will happen if we don't do something about it. Mm. And uh, it, it reminds me of um, a, a technique that was developed by a guy called Tony Robbins. He's he's, he's kind of big in, in um, the field of personal development and NLP and things of this nature. And he developed a technique that was based on the old um, Dickens story, A Christmas Carol, um, which is why he calls it the Dickens pattern. And in effect... Um, What a person would do, I do this in a therapeutic context sometimes when I'm working with a client, for instance, somebody that um, has an alcohol problem, um, and it's causing them enough upset to come and see somebody to do something about it, but they haven't yet reached a point where they can, you know, stop drinking too much themselves. And in effect, what we do is... We um, invite them to imagine two timelines stretched out on the floor in front of them. And one is a timeline whereby they don't change their life; They carry on drinking, you know, two bottles of wine a night um, and they're, they're waking up sick and they've got a hangover and it's affecting their life and their health. Um, and if they carry on doing that, where is that going to lead? And we, we literally go through. We, we step a week into that future, a month into that future, a year, two years, five years, ten years. And it can, it, it it draws upon, if you like, the worst case scenario, um, and people, if you like, they pre-experience that in advance, and then we do the, if you like, the the opposite of that. We come back to the present moment, and we walk along the other timeline, one week, one month, uh, one year, and so on, and we walk down the the timeline whereby they make the positive change. And very often, it it is such a profound. It, ha- it can have such a profound effect, an insight on people, and a lot of emotion can be involved, particularly you know if somebody if as happens from time to time, they might be drinking horrendous amounts or smoking you know loads of cigarettes, and they 'll see the effect it has on them their health. It gives them kind of a big shock, if you like, and then they come back to the present moment and they look down the other option, which is if they stop now in their tracks today and they reclaim their personal power and change their life how much better the future's going to be and I, I kind of think that that's similar if you like to to prophecy and particularly in the context of this big shock i'm talking about because of course um, if if things were left to go down the worst case scenario path then there'd be no point in me putting out the program or anybody else you know because there're lots of other people saying you know like the spirit guide you're you're guiding people to look at the you know um, the spiritual aspect of life there are other people talking in a in a prophetic way there would be almost no point any of us doing any of this because, you know, the worst case scenario will be bound to happen. But, of course, that, that isn't, I think, what the case is. I think what Spirit's saying to me is that this is what would happen if everybody doesn't get together. But let's put a message out there now and say let's unite. And that means that it's not going to happen. We're going to kind of get to um, a precipice. But rather than go down the other side, we're going to do exactly like you've, you suggested. We're going to change the course of history and step into that positive tomorrow.
0: Indeed, indeed. I mean, just to, uh, regarding the big shock as well, um, a lot of people are very fearful at the moment of the um, the financial situation. And I tend to look at it not as a financial collapse, but more as a financial cleansing. Yes. So I think it's going to be really, really good. In the long run, might be a little bit of pain, or quite a bit of pain for many people. But I think um, it's needed really to to get the house in order, really, to clean out the system and, um, you know, hopefully replace it with something much more just or build a, a much better world where perhaps, when you know, what would be wonderful <laughs> would be a world without money, really, yeah. I guess. But, um, you know, I'm not sure how far away we are from that. Only time will tell. Yeah,
1: yeah. You, you mentioned, Ian, in the question, you said, is there anything, um, or worse to the effect, is there anything I'd like to share with people now? Yes, and, indeed. Yes. Okay. There, there is a um, something that's come to mind over the last week, and as I, I stated before, you know, I I, I can't guarantee it's going to happen, um, but I'll kind of, if you like, step out of my comfort zone, and I will share a little something that I sense is quite likely to happen with you now as i mentioned on the radio, uh, on my uh, my own uh, video show i've been sharing things with my close family members for some time and uh, occasionally on on some courses which i'm going to talk about in the next video show um, but this will be the first time i've kind of done it to um as potentially large an audience as this and um Uh, Basically, when I was in trance, I guess just over a week ago, I got a sense that there is a likelihood that there's going to be a lightning strike of some kind. I get a sense of like, you know, like a lightning bolt in a thunderstorm. That There's going to be a lightning bolt that will uh, probably strike a building or maybe a monument or something like that. And it will be of um, relevance that it will make the news, either the national news here in the UK or the world news or something like that. So um, I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone. Since this is going to be the time, I'm not going to get it wrong and fall flat on my face before a large group of people. And, of course, that's possible. But generally speaking, generally speaking, my experience is that it usually comes true either as exactly as I've understood it or pretty close, most often within a few days or a few weeks, sometimes over a period of maybe two or three or four months. You know, it kind of reaches out out about that far. So I guess – what we need to do now me you and you know everybody else that's watching this and listen to this that wants to is keep abreast of the news and we might find that sometime in the not too distant future there's a story that has something to do with kind of a lightning bolt maybe a freak lightning bolt or something like that that kind of you know strikes a building or a monument or nearby and it makes the news so i kind of share yeah. that one and we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes
0: thank you Kieran. okay <laughs> Okay, right. Um, you use the word spirit, God, and the guide at various times. Could you share a few of your thoughts regarding these terms and what you mean by them?
1: Okay. Um, well, my perception is, and again, I, I, you know, um, there are lots of, you know, people that have lots of different ideas on this, and i kind of sharing with you my, my idea now. I sense that there's one source, and that source can be called God, it can be called spirit. I guess people's cultural. Um, upbringing will have a bearing on what name they, if you like, they give to that source and their own level of spiritual study and research and practice. But in essence, I sense that there is one one, if you like, ultimate power, one ultimate wisdom um, that exists, in, and from that ultimate source comes everything else. Um, I believe, for instance, that all of us, everybody, is a, is an essence of that, that being, very much like um, uh, a child is an essence of both its mother and its father. It, it, it contains elements of their DNA, you know, it might look like its mum or its dad or something like that. Um, yet it's also a separate being. And I guess that's kind of a a similar similar analogy. Um, I think that there are also, for want of a better expression, there are angels that that exist that if you like, they they could both be perceived to be both separate entities, but also, if you like, um manifestations of that greater source. It's kind of, if you like, stepped itself down into a more Homomorphic um, you know a, 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 a presence that looks kind of more human in order to inter- interact with people in the physical realm and likewise guides um, are are if you like spiritual beings that um, could both be perceived as senses both if you like step down manifestations of the ultimate source but at the same time. Um, almost paradox- paradoxically spiritual beings in their own right. So I don't have a, if you like, a clear demarcation. I believe, if you like, that we are all connected to the ultimate source. Um, and whilst we, also, we all have individual personalities, in a kind of amazing, magical way that it can happen in the spirit realm, we're both individual and and connected and one at the same time.
0: Yes. I mean, I, I agree with that analogy completely. I think that, you know, it's like we... The more separate you are so in human form we're very separate we we kind of believe it's our belief that makes us limited that we're just this yeah. very individual person but in actual fact the more that we sort of expand our minds and go out the more we become I suppose a collective you could say so we right. could be we could be all things but we could also be individual I yeah. think it's like a, I guess it's like a, a focus isn't it you can focus on one individual petal or flower or you can focus on the whole scene Yeah, but it's almost like you are the petal of the flower or you can be the whole scene you know it's like God is just with this huge mind and we're I like to think that we are inside the mind of God rather than separate from God Yeah, if you know what I mean and so like in the same way that you know when I go to bed at night I dream in my head but I'm the creator I'm like the creator of my dream so that everything in that dream is me and I've created it but God the creates the one source has created all of us so we are even though we are kind of separate we are one as well so yeah it's like a paradox like you say
1: yeah i I agree and if i may i love that analogy about the dreamer i'll be using it myself (laughs) in the future i credit you with it (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: okay (laughs) okay um i mean is i mean i'd hate to put you on the spot here but um you mentioned that you um you you do tune into your guides um or your higher self or you tune into the oneness, if you like. I mean, are you able to do that live on, on, on radio now for us? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm certainly would, willing to give it a try. So what I'll do for a second, I'm just going to tune in uh, now to to my primary guide. I sense, I, uh, obviously, in anticipation of this program, I, I communicated with them beforehand, and I sense that um, several of my guides will be here for the process, but the primary one that's going to come through to me now is my primary guide, Aurora. And I'm just going to... I'm getting a sense of them... There now, that's it. Okay, I've got it. That Now, I'll also narrate, if I may, kind of what's going on. So I'm in a semi-trance state now, so I can communicate with you normally, but I'm kind of a little bit just kind of spaced out for want of a better expression. And what they often do when they make themselves known to me, there's sometimes they call my name, Karen, and I'll often say, we're here. And I got the we're here just a second ago. So I, I kind of feel that I'm tuned into them now. So if you want to ask a question or or okay. you know something like that, or make a comment and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll see what I get from them.
0: Okay. Um Right, uh, okay. I mean, I suppose what I'd like to ask, really, um, maybe they've got a different perspective on what we've been speaking about, really. So, um, I mean, what is the purpose of Kieran receiving um, prophetic messages at this time? Are they to help Kieran personally to help build his trust in receiving messages, or are they to help humanity in some way, to, or perhaps help us to choose a more harmonious potential future? I mean, okay. what are your thoughts on this?
1: Okay, let me just... Well, like I'm getting the sense that the, the message is, in essence, a bit of both. And they're now telling me he needed to build his confidence. So he, that's me, needed to build his confidence because he, was, uh, he would be nervous to take this message out had he not received ample proof. Um, so we have, over the years now, inundated him hmm. with large amounts of proof because he needed to receive this in order to have the confidence to take this message out. Okay, so okay, that's the message I get there yeah. from them.
0: Yes, I mean, that, makes, that makes sense. I mean, how do you, I mean, from, from your perspective, how, how do you see time working? Um, is it, I mean, Is it in the way that I feel it works that there's many potentials that already exist, if you like, in time?
1: Okay, and let me just get this right. You're asking my guides that rather than me that. yeah. that's correct, So how do do they feel... Okay, the The strong sense I get now, there is no time. Time is an illusion. Uh, Time exists in order for souls to be born into the physical world and learn the lessons that can be learned on Earth. I'm getting the word college school, so Earth is like a college or a school, Um, and they're now drawing my mind to something they told me just before we came on air when I was talking to them. Um, in this college or school, there are some souls who have incarnated, if you like, for want of a better expression, what could be likened to teachers. They, they maybe have lived before they, they come with a higher understanding and they are here at this time on earth. And there are lots of them to help, if you like, guide those newer souls, those younger souls who perhaps are, you know, um, uh, not as experienced here on earth to learn the lessons so um, time is kind of an illusion and the earth is is the school that exists in time um, and people can incarnate for a duration of time in order to learn lessons before returning home and home being you know what people would call heaven or whatever that's kind of me adding that little bit there to describe yeah. what they meant by home
0: because okay. they, they often say that everything is happening at exactly the same time. So there's no time. Everything past, present and future has already happened or is happening at exactly the same time. Now,
1: uh, as you said that, and I got the strong sense in my head, yes, that's right.
0: So is there a portion of me right now um, still at school or still a baby? Is there a portion of my soul, if you like, still existing as a baby?
1: Okay, let me see what, what I get. Okay, I'm I'm getting the sense of an the the analogy now. They're drawing my analogy to if you like, okay, here we go. It's like somebody, if you can imagine a large um like a balloon and somebody pushing their hands into the balloon. Sorry, their their fingers into the balloon. So within the balloon, it looks like there are several individual elements of that person, but actually they're all connected to the body of the person who exists outside the balloon. So the let me just hang on a second. So your higher self, if you like, would equate to all of you that exists both within and without the balloon, if you like, your greater self is all of you, and then all of these other elements are existing throughout time, yet connected to the greater self. I'm getting a strong sense of paradox now, Ian they are giving me the word paradox. And the sense I get you and all of us, there is a part of us that, if you like, is always teacher. Yet there are parts of us that need to incarnate to learn. Just like now they're, they're, they're referring to me now, I sense. And there are things that my higher self if you like, knows in advance, yet on another level I have needed to incarnate on this earth, forget for a large portion of my life who I was or who I am, you know, in a greater picture. And of course, the same applies to everybody else in order to learn specific lessons. So I lost some of my maturity in order to go through the process of maturation. That's the process I'm getting. So I guess the long and the short of it is yes, you and everybody else whether or not at this particular moment in time, let me see, okay, hang on a second. Yeah, okay, yes, that's right, carry on. I just wanted to check. I wasn't kind of going off on my own thoughts. Okay, so I got a sense, yes, that's right, carry on. So whilst at this particular moment in time there are people here in 2009 who might be likened more to teachers, there are incarnations that they have had where they have um, not matured as much as they have now does that answer it
0: Uh, kind of i I suppose the question i had was that if everything's in the now and everything exists at the same time then the year 2001 or 1975 for instance um would also exist now right yes. yes okay so obviously i my soul me was in that person in 1975 but is that moment if, if it still exists, am I still playing that part? Do you, do you see what I mean?
1: I do, and the sense I, I was getting with the analogy, maybe it wasn't the best, with the, with the balloon, was that each of, let me just, okay, yeah, carry on. Okay, each of those, if you like, the fingers that were pushed in the balloon, so if you were able to get on the inside of the balloon, they would look like, if you can imagine um, a person were inside of the balloon looking at those fingers being pushed through the plastic, they would perceive them as individual um, fingers. Yet they're connected to that greater self and all of those fingers, whilst being perceived perhaps as individual fingers existing in different parts of time, are actually coexistent in a way that we can't understand fully here. You know, we perceive us now as we're recording this in 2009. But the sense I get is that, you know, maybe there's a part of me that's existed in 1764 Mm. um, and that part is... Is, is existing now, um, although it's in the past from my perspective now in 2000. Yes. You know, it's that kind of conundrum. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. it is all happening. The sense I get is it's, it's all happening at the same time, and it's, it's very difficult for us as people to get our heads around. That's yeah. what I think they're kind of giving to me there.
0: It's almost like um, if you've got a DVD, you're outside the DVD, you know the whole film exists from start to finish, but when you're watching it, your focus is at a certain point in the DVD. Yes. Yeah. Guess. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a very simple analogy, I guess. Yeah. But, um, okay. I mean, I mean, is there something
1: else? you'd? Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, um, is there, uh, do you have any messages that you'd like to leave for the listeners? Um, this is talking to your guides now.
1: Okay. To my guides. Okay. Let me see what they would. Okay. The strong word I get is believe. Believe in yourselves. Believe in the power of unity believe that there is a brighter tomorrow and believe that you have the ability to make this happen. You are all connected with spirit. You are all greatly loved. You all have levels of wisdom, your own wisdom that you are just scratching the surface of. And I I'm getting a sense, I'm not quite I, I don't quite know how to put this into it, the sense is that we're much more than we think we are. And if we just knew who and what we were, um it's like we wouldn't worry about we you know, we would see the picture more broadly. Um and uh it it would help us be much more optimistic and things like that. So I'm getting a sense that they're kind of giving me a very optimistic picture for, uh, you know, everybody listening, everybody out there that we are wonderful spiritual beings that, that okay, they're, now they're drawing my mind to a verse in the Quran and it's a verse that says something like that God is closer to us all than our jugular vein you know, that's, that, that's that's pretty close and that's the sense I, I guess they want to give to everybody, that spirit, We we might feel unconnected or disconnected but that's an illusion that that they're saying that Spirit is there, loves us deeply, and is willing to help us. And now the sense they're giving me now, and this is this is something that they've given, they've encouraged me to say on the programmes, is that you know you don't have to come to me or somebody else like this to to as the only way in which you can tune into Spirit. You can pray, you can you can practice channeling, um, you know, studies. Find your own way. Um, nobody is dependent on somebody else to. To have, if you like to have somebody as an intermediary between them and spirit, everybody has that connection themselves. That's what, I, that, what they're emphasizing to me now.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, that's so true as well. And it's also important to note that um, everybody's got their own pathway as well. And, you know, if one person's got a gift of channeling, another person may have something completely different. So, we have all different things to offer, and I think that if some people feel they 're not very psychic or they 're not very um, in, or not in tune with their with their guides or anything like that don 't be disheartened because in fact, what you can do is if you just stay out of fear and just really focus on what you want and just really start looking for synchronicities start being yeah. in tune be in the flow because really when you when you experience synchronicities it's your way it's, it's kind of your higher self's way of saying to you that you're in the flow you're in the flow of who you truly are and you know there could be people out there that are not even aware that they're actually um, I, I, you know spiritually aware you know there could be someone that works in a hospital as a nurse or something like that and they're just doing wonderful service to others um, kind of things and they could just be just completely in the flow of who they are, just helping people, just emanating love, being really, really caring and just not sitting in fear. So, so important not to sit in fear and just really focus on what you want in life.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I, you know, I think what you, the example you use about the person in the hospital, I think, you know, um, some of those people that, uh, if you like, are doing most for spirit um, drawing on your analogy that they might not, if you like, be consciously thinking that that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, people like um, uh, internet people, you know, somebody comes to mind now, Bill Gates, started at Microsoft and now he's one of the biggest philanthropists in history. Now he needed to start Microsoft in order to do that and now he's benefiting people on a massive scale around the world. Now that's one person that might not have consciously set out to, if you like, do the work of spirit and he might not even be thinking he is in, in the way you and I might term it. That's right. um, yeah. And then there's the person round the corner who sees the, you know, the the person in need in the street or something like that, and they go up to them and they give them a kind word or a helping hand. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good point that you make that people can, if you like, do the work of spirit um, or you know whatever term a person wants to use in lots of different ways
0: exactly and so even you know with the, we've been talking about a bigger picture with um, prophecies and future timelines but on an individual basis each of us really have a potential in their own unique way whether we want to go down the negative path or we can stay in the middle or we can go on a positive path so we, being in the middle is just being non-plus we don't really care either way really or we can just go out there and hurt other people and obviously that causes a whole massive ripple effect as well or we can just sit here be in our truth just stay out of fear and just focus on a, a beautiful future helping people being service to others in some way it could be the smallest thing it could be just um, you know it depends what your gifts are some people are very good at talking to other people some people are just good at smiling at somebody or you know whatever it is you've got just do your thing to help another, another person and it, all, yeah. it it makes a big difference
1: yeah yeah I agree
0: okay um, Kerin, I mean do you have anything else that you'd like to add
1: Yeah, if I may, there's um, something I I learned. I actually read this years ago. It's a wonderful book called Beyond the Light, written by somebody called Phyllis Atwater. She had a near-death experience. um, And as a result of, um, you know, obviously coming back to to the physical world after her near-death experience, she did a lot of research and interviewed lots of other people that had near-death experiences. And there was a a common, if you like, question that was asked when people were on... You know, I used the term the other side when they were on the other side, when they were met by, um, if you like, beings in the heavenly realm. And they were asked questions, and they were asked questions that were asked in a non-judgmental way, but if you like, almost to cause them to think, um, so that when they came back to the physical world, um, they could have more of a sense of why they, they first incarnated. And I thought these questions were so profound that whenever I've done... Um, if you like psychic workshops and past life workshops and things like that, um, a part of what we do usually focuses is in on uh, doing a trance or something where we we kind of um, explore these questions. And the questions that she found were that lots of people have reported back were these: What have you learned? Who have you helped? And have you fulfilled your life's purpose? And I thought when I when I read those questions to. You know, some people actually have to have a near death experience, which implies, of course, they nearly die before they actually have the opportunity to be asked those. But what a wonderful thing for her to share that with us now that we can kind of take stock of where we've got to uh, at this moment in our lives and think, well, what have I learned? Who am I helping? Am I fulfilling my life's purpose? And then in a non judgmental way ourselves, because, the, you know, when the questions are asked, they're asked in a very loving way. Um, in a very loving way towards ourselves, we might want to kind of just step back and think, okay, what am I learning? Am I learning things that are useful to my spiritual development and to those around me? Am I helping people as I am able? And am I fulfilling my life's purpose? And if there are any elements um, uh, pertaining to those questions, that the answers we get that come up, no then it's a wonderful opportunity, if a person wants to, to kind of use that as an opportunity to kind of step more into that direction and kind of back on track, so to speak. So I, I find those, those questions, um, when I read them, were very profound. And if you like, they're kind of running in the back of my mind, almost on um, kind of autopilot a lot of the time, um, kind of influencing, if you like, my behavior. So I thought it'd be nice to kind of share those with the listeners too. What have you learned? Yes. Who have you helped? Have you fulfilled your life's purpose?
0: Fantastic! I think I use those myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we traded a lot of ideas here. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, Karen, I think you mentioned to me um, earlier about a workshop that you were running that you wanted to mention.
1: Um, oh, well, I'm, yeah, I mean, um, I, I do – I run some workshops that people that are listening to the program might be interested in. Um, I run uh, past life regression workshops where people have the opportunity to uh, to go into trance and explore uh, potential past lives and, and to meet with guys. And I also do a, a one-day workshop that I just started recently called Psychic Trance. Um, and in that workshop, um, I I, um, I literally go through a number – you remember when you asked me the question about how do I communicate with spirit? Yeah. Um, Well, I guide people through those processes uh, um, so that um, if they want to then take these principles away and explore them themselves, um, that's what we do. So we kind of get together and I guide people in a group um, through trance um, and through these processes. And then we kind of share feedback and things like that. So it's very interactive, um, very informal, um, very lighthearted, lots of opportunity for question and answers and things like that. So those are the kind of two that I think probably people would be interested in that are listening to this program. Thanks for asking
0: that's okay that's okay um, and before I mean I think we're about to wrap up uh, pretty soon okay. um, so if there's anything else that you want to share I mean obviously you, uh, probably let your listeners know our listeners uh, know your website address again um, how they can contact you um, okay yeah thanks yes. Ian
1: it's www.hypnoticprofit.com www.hypnoticprofit.com and um, I can make it even easier as well I've got a URL repointing so if people Prefer they can type in um, www.kerin.co.uk. dot that's k e r i n dot co dot uk so either of those will work and that will guide people to my, my website and if they want to get in contact there there's um there's a contact page they can send me an email um, and I'd be happy to hear from them
0: okay thank you very much um, just to let you know um, Kerin will be a regular um, guest on the Spirit Guys. um, co.uk radio and this is a new radio show that we've introduced to our listeners Um, we are in the coming months um, we are going to be promoting this show also on itunes as well so if you're somebody that um, likes to listen to podcasts um, through itunes or your iphone or any other kind of gadget um once um it's all been uploaded onto itunes you'll be able to download it directly onto your mp3 player um and also it should be available on youtube and, and other sites of that nature as well so anyway um this is our first show so thank you very much for um, tuning in and listening to the show if you've got any questions um, that you'd like to ask um, or you've got any comments then please email me through the website there's a contact us um, link on the bottom of the page or you can um, post a comment on the bottom of the um, podcast once it's available on the site okay so thank you again thank you again Karen, for um, being such a wonderful guest and um, we will be speaking very shortly soon Thank
1: you very much, Ian, for having me. It's been an honour and a a privilege, and I I wish you and the show and all the listeners lots of success.
0: Okay, thank you very much.